are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal previewing Pacific and BYU as they square off in basketball tonight. We have a one-on-one conversation with Alex Barcelo coming up on the podcast today. Get his thoughts on playing for BYU, his transfer from Arizona, and also get some thoughts on the Pacific Tigers. Also going to get to listener mailbag. Your questions that you send in this week, we'll answer some of them and obviously catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. Locked On Cougars is proud to be a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, America's number one daily podcast network. With that rundown out of the way, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for January 23rd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know. A lot to get to on today's show. We're going to start off with our listener mailbag. Some of you guys sent in questions this past week, and we'll get to some of those here in just a second. Reminder for you guys, this podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. You can download it on Apple Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Stitcher, Spotify, all the big hits when it comes to college football podcasts and essentially any podcast in general, I suppose is what I should say. So download the show, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast, all focused on BYU. All right, let's get to some of your questions this week. Let's start off. Chris Murphy at C Murphy Pro on Twitter says, here's a question I've been thinking about. Do we have any idea which potential players BYU football is targeting in the transfer portal? I feel like last year at this time we had an idea who they were looking at and that's actually a fantastic question Chris because last year we did we saw Emmanuel Supo was very much a rumor Tyson Williams was very much in the headlines or in the rumor mill about guys that BYU was looking at I can remember other names like Amir Azul a running back from Florida State was a guy who was rumored to be targeted but this year I have to say in talking with people around the BYU football program with regards to transfer portal etc I don't know. Honestly, I have not heard many names when it comes to BYU in the transfer portal. I know they had some interest in a wide receiver from UCLA due to his connection with Troy Warner. Uh, he ultimately enrolled at Oklahoma. I want to say Lawson was the last name. Hopefully I'm wrong, not wrong on that, but might be wrong on that. But outside of that, I haven't really heard many names this year. And I think that's more of a, a BYU thing where they're trying to keep it a little more under wraps so that that way they can kind of operate without having having the public pressure on them. I know that kind of sounds counterintuitive because it feels like in some ways the pressure last year of, well, Tyson Williams is not getting enrolled and they're playing hardball with Emmanuel Supa, getting him enrolled in graduate school may have played a role in their ultimately getting enrolled. I don't know that to be true per se, but I think that BYU kind of operates is going to operate more in this fashion where, yeah, they keep it kind of under on under wraps. I, I like I said, I have not heard names this year. I'm sure those will come up come out over the next few weeks and months because after um, spring ball really starts up, that's when the transfer portal really starts kicking into gear. I feel like even more so than it already is because you're going to see guys go through spring ball, say, okay, I've got my opportunity here to prove what I can do, and then if they don't see themselves moving up the depth chart or they don't feel 
like, hey, these coaches believe in me, that's when they hop in the portal. And that's when it could start up a little bit more for BYU in terms of pursuing other names, etc. Is that going to ultimately be the case? Where we, could we hear some names over the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. But at this current time, Chris, to answer your question, just not a lot of names out there. And if I do hear anything, I guarantee I'll have it here on the podcast. I can guarantee you that. But until then, I'm going to be kind of sitting by and waiting to see who BYU ultimately does land. And it could be that they just continue to slow play it, keep it nice and quiet, and then ultimately announce names when they have them signatures and they're enrolled in school, etc. I don't know. Maybe that's how they're going to go about it. All right, next question coming in from David Hatch. I love the last name, David. You know that. He's at David Hatched on Twitter. He says, is BYU basketball to be, is, sorry, excuse me, is BYU basketball built to beat the Zags, speaking of Gonzaga, in a conference tournament? That's a good question as well, David. And I think that BYU, as currently constituted with a healthy Yoli Childs, they stand about as good a chance as I think BYU has stood in recent seasons because I feel like the Cougars this year are a pretty well-balanced team. You have a good guard line, guys like TJ Hawes, Jake Toulson, Alex Barcelo, along with guys who can contribute in the low post. We're talking guys like Yoli Childs. Kobe Lee has been a revelation this year. Mark Pope doubled down on it multiple times during the preseason, and Kobe Lee very much looks like a guy who can do get the job done down there my concern though is seeing Gonzaga do what they did against BYU last Saturday is that they can just absolutely relentlessly punish you on the interior of the uh, of the front court they have Philip Petrusev they got Killian Tilly they've got so many big men so many forwards that I worry about BYU's ability to keep up in a game like that where they need to keep scoring and they're having to rely on three-point shooting which hurt them last week, 6 of 20 against Gonzaga, very much a low percentage for BYU this season as compared to what they normally shoot, and I worry about that being the case going forward. So right now, I think BYU stands about as good a chance to beat Gonzaga in a conference tournament or even at home in the Marriott Center this year as they have in some time, but... This is a Gonzaga team that just continues to reload, and their talent goes up every single year, and it's it's wild. I, I feel like Mark Few has just got a factory up there where he just pumps out talent, but it'll be tough, and we'll see what happens, David. But I think if Yoli Childs is fully healthy, that's about as good a shot as you're going to have, speaking of BYU basketball, having their chances against the Gonzaga Bulldogs. All right, one final question here in this week's mailbag is from Old School BYU. And Old School, I know you've got a bevy of questions we still need to answer, but you have a good one this week that I wanted to talk about because it's more relevant. You said, how many BYU recruits from the Polynesian Bowl do you think we sign and who is leaning BYU? Well, the interesting part about that old school is that... um He's at old school BYU on Twitter, by the way, if you want to follow. Fun follow. A lot of good thoughts on BYU sports and life in general. But uh, in terms of the Polynesian Bowl, Soljay Maiava has already signed with BYU. He's signed, sealed, and delivered. He's going to be at BYU this coming summer, getting ready for the upcoming season. But the biggest name that played in the Polynesian Bowl in terms of BYU and their potential to get him is Bodie Schoonover from um, American Fork High School. And going back to the question that Chris Murphy had, have we heard many names about the transfer portal for BYU? It's kind of similar in this format in terms of the guys that BYU is still pursuing. Very quiet in terms of talking to the media. I'm talking about Bodie Schoonover, Tate Romney. The guys that are still on the list for BYU that are on their wish list they'd like to sign – 
don't necessarily do a lot of social media and don't talk to the media a lot in general. So it's going to be very interesting. The Bowie Schoonover situation seems weird to me. This kid seems to be tailor-made to be a BYU guy, but UCLA reportedly has entered the fray here late in the process and could still his signature. But uh, as Jeff um, Hansen at Rakoto10 on Twitter, he covers BYU recruiting as well as anybody. He found the foremost authority on BYU recruiting over at Cougar Sports Insider. He mentioned on Twitter the other day that 11 of UCLA's current 22 commits, so half of their class, are defensive linemen slash linebackers. Well, what is Bodie Schoonover projected to be at the next level? A defensive lineman, defensive end, slash linebacker. So that makes for an interesting situation is how hard is UCLA actually going to push for Bodie Schoonover's signature when half their class is already playing the position he plays? I know they're trying to upgrade the talent down there at Westwood, but I wonder if Bodie Schoonover looks at that and that gives him a little bit of pause. So I think that Bodie, it's probably a 50-50 proposition. I mentioned Scotty Edwards yesterday on the podcast. It sounds like it's a 50-50 deal between Stanford and BYU you and there's not a lot of um, lean one way or the other at this point I feel like with Schoonover I'm sneakily um, optimistic that BYU ultimately lands his signature in the end but it very much looks like just like a weird process overall in terms of BYU and just trying to figure out who is going to be in this recruiting class because it's hard to get a read on these guys because they don't speak to the media. So it could be just a very interesting signing day, I feel like, for BYU because a lot of mystery and intrigue and not a lot of reports out of some of the guys that BYU still is on in terms of filling out their recruiting class. But I feel like BYU in a good spot with a guy like Tate Romney. I think that his brothers, Baylor and Gunner, who are at BYU, they've mentioned it multiple times to me directly that they're working on him to get him to Provo. They want to have their brother playing with them in at BYU and we'll see what shakes out but I think Bodie Schoonover to answer your question old school I, I'm sneakily um, upbeat about BYU's chances here and that's just kind of my gut feeling on it but he seems to be the biggest one in terms of the Polynesian Bowl in terms of BYU and their chances to land a kid like that so there you go Thanks again for sending in all your questions. Send them in anytime to Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can drop the show note anytime via email by emailing us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. All right, we'll have more for you here in just a little bit. Catching up with BYU basketball, Alex Barcelo. I uh, had a great one-on-one conversation with him that you're going to want to hear. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys to listen to this podcast. You don't even have to lift a finger if you want to catch up on the latest in BYU news. All you have to do is tell your smart device, your smartphone when you get in your car, your smart speaker at home, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way it's right there playing for you and you're caught up on the BYU news you need to know each and every day day. It's a fantastic feature. I would encourage you guys to check it out because it is something that can really help you guys stay up to date on the BYU sports news you need to know about each day. But also, it makes it easy for you to just say, hey, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and that way you stay up to date. No problem. It's real simple, real easy. And thanks again for your continued support of Locked on Cougars. All right, guys, BYU basketball in action tonight. They're in Stockton, California, facing off against the Pacific Tigers. That game's scheduled to tip off at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. You'll be able to catch it on the stadium network if you want to stream it, but also here locally along the Wasatch Front in the state of Utah. If you get KJAZ 14, it's an over-the-air channel. You can watch the game as well. Sinclair Properties, I believe, own stadium, and there's a Sinclair property with KUTV here that got that on local TV, so it's a fantastic way to watch the Cougars tonight. Interesting matchup between these 
these two. Uh, Pacific tied with BYU for second place in a pretty uh, tight West Coast Conference race so far this season. And they are led by Jalil Tripp, 15.8 rebound average on the season, six foot five uh, forward slash swingman slash guard. Very much a matchup nightmare, and I feel like a guy like TJ Hawes or Jake Toulson will kind of have to take the defensive responsibilities on trip tonight, but I think guys like Connor Harding could also mirror him, Dalton Nixon in a pinch. It's going to be very important to slow him down. The other two players in terms of scoring for Pacific this season is Justin Moore, who averages just over 10 points per game, as well as Gary Chichivin. Uh, he's averaging a shade under 10 points per game. This is a team in Pacific that very much mirrors Mighty Mouse, head coach Damon Stoudemire, a guy that played with an edge in the NBA. He's brought that edge to Pacific. They defend like dogs. They're very, very tough to break down. They've proven they can win big games. That four-overtime win over St. Mary's, I think, indicates that they have some talent this year. I think this is a sneaky good matchup for BYU. Well, let's have somebody else weigh in on what's going on with Pacific, but I had a chance to catch up with Alex Barcelo, a transfer from Arizona, really having a strong season so far for BYU. has been a revelation, been a guy who's been a big-time leader in the locker room. Very emotional player, but a lot of fun to watch at the same time. I spoke with him earlier this week after practice for BYU, and here is our conversation. First things first, your transfer from Arizona here. What's your process been transitioning to playing at BYU been like? Two types of people, um, man. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been amazing for me, you know, a true blessing, uh, like I've said before. Um, just to play with a great coaching staff and a great group of guys, um, be part of such a great uh, program um, that has a bunch of great history uh, to go along with it. Um, But it's been phenomenal for me. Um, Just uh, transition. I mean, U of A was a great school, but just being able to be here and be such a a big part of this team and this this program, it's it's been a huge blessing to me. I want to ask you about the process of that. When you went into the transfer portal, was it coaching staff here that reached out how did, how did contact get made um coach Fieger and coach Pope really reached out to me I mean their whole coaching staff did but I was in contact with coach Fieger and coach Pope a lot and uh once once my name hit the transfer portal they were reaching out to me every single day and, and just trying to get to know me and build that relationship with me and I mean it's it's been uh, amazing for me just to see how much they care about uh me as a person on and off the floor um, and it really speaks words to me and, and really why I came here is because they just showed me how true they were to them to themselves and, and to everyone in this program um, and, and I, I I mean I'm, I'm so thankful that I made the decision to come here you grew up in Arizona what was your familiarity with BYU before this whole process um, just really watching them I mean when they were in the tournament and then Really, all, the most the the thing that I knew most about BYU was Jimmer Fredette. Uh, as just, most people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> and just just watching them uh, as I was growing up, but never, really, never would I thought that I would have came here until I put my name in the transfer portal and I really took a deeper look into the school. And I mean, I just everything about this school is just so amazing to me, and really, why I came here. As an athlete who went through the transfer portal process, I think a lot of people are curious, okay, what's it like? So can you kind of give us just a synopsis of how that went? Oh, uh, yeah. So you, like, you uh, you sign, like, this document. I think it's a page or two. And then, and then you submit it to your uh, compliance office. And it takes about uh, one to – you have to get signatures from your coaching staff uh, at your school – at your previous school and then um, from the AD as well. 
and then your own signature and then you, it probably takes about two business days at most to, to actually get into the transfer portal and then once your name's in the transfer portal then any coach can reach out to you and all these coaches get like probably a, a bunch of sheets of names that are in the transfer portal every day printed off um, from get new guys that are entering it and I, I, I kind of entered late in the summer um, and then came here late but um yeah, it was just it was a wild process for me. Never had I been through it, so I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew that I, I wanted to go to a school that really cared about their players, and uh, I'm just so thankful that the, that the coaches reached out to me from here. How much contact, like from like just coaches in general from other schools, I guess I would say, was given to you throughout this process? Um, quite a bit. I had uh, one of my former coaches help me help me out kind of that I grew up playing for um, on the club circuit and he was kind of taking most calls just because I, I kind of was uh, like I was kind of dealing with some family issues and stuff off the court so I didn't really it was it was kind of bad timing but just the right time and it, it, it was weird how it worked out but just just perfect and uh, um, he helped me out with it a lot and I mean thankfully like I was able with all the schools that were coming coming towards me and, and offering me a scholarship. Um, I was thankful to make the right decision to come here. Wanted to ask you, so you playing at Arizona now playing here, what's been the most unique aspect of BYU? Um either in this, basketball, <laughs> school, whatever, regardless. <laughs> the most unique is really how much people care here. Okay. Um, I mean, like, I, I kind of went through some ups and downs at Arizona, and I, like I said, it's a great program and all. Um, but, like, right here, like, everybody cares about you, and uh, they really want what's best for you, and, and I love it. I mean, every guy's fighting for each other, and they have your back no matter what, and, and that's one thing that I think that I really fit in here um, with is just, like, uh, I'm going to have my guys back no matter what, uh, no matter what we're going through. I want to talk about on the court now. So Gonzaga, they were lights out in that second half. How much do you guys take away from that game? Um, things, I mean, we really need to work on our transition defense and um, kind of our um, kind of just uh, our, rotating, our rotations off the ball um, when it's swung on the defensive end and uh, just really working together collectively on the, on the defensive end and then translating that into our offense. Um, but I thought our offense was really good. You know, um, got a lot of great looks, shots that usually fall. They didn't for us. I mean, we were like six for 20 from the three-point line, which isn't usually us. It's an uh, abnormal number yeah, for you. Yeah, during uh, games. But, um, I mean, we're going to keep shooting. I know we're going to pick it up next game. I mean, we're not going to have every game like that. And um, we're just, we've are just we been working on, like, today and yesterday, fixing those things on the defensive end, cleaning those things up. So, really, I mean, obviously we didn't want to be beaten. Uh, we wanted to come out with a win, but uh, we learned a lot from it, and then we're going to take away a lot. Pacific and San Francisco back-to-back on the road this week. Is there anything different knowing that you guys have back-to-back road games versus maybe a home-away split? Definitely it's going to be an even tougher battle. Um, two games on the road uh, and, and against really tough teams. You know, Pacific, uh, they're a bunch of dogs, and they battle hard, and um, they're, they're going to be scrappy, and, and so is San Francisco. And, and I mean, they're both great teams, but we're, we're going to come out ready to battle just like we always do. Can you give me a scouting report on Pacific, like what you see from them? Um, they have a really great guard, uh, Trip, uh, who attacks. Um, guards pass first. Um, they really, they have a they have a good shooter, number eleven. Um, I mean, 
really, I mean, they're just they're going to play hard and they're going to battle and they're going to crash the boards. Um, so we got to come out with the, with that intensity and, and setting the tempo early. Do they kind of reflect Damon Stoudemire just in terms of how he played in the NBA and everything in your mind? I think so, yeah, in some aspects. I mean, he's a very talented coach. I mean, he was actually there when I was getting recruited by Arizona. So okay. um, it'll be good to see him. And, I mean, he's a phenomenal phenomenal guy and phenomenal coach. So he, he's doing well over there. And we know that, that he's going to make them uh, come ready to battle. Awesome. Thanks so much, Alex. Yeah, no, thank you. There you go, Alex Barcelo, and he's got familiarity with Damon Stoudemire from Stoudemire's times coaching at Arizona, recruiting him to a degree. So should be a fun matchup tonight. Uh, excited to watch it go down. This game's big for BYU because, as I've mentioned on yesterday's podcast, BYU has only won one true road game this year. They're 1-4 in, in true road games this year. They've got back-to-back opportunities here against Pacific and San Francisco. Both of these games are actually quad two wins right now if you win these games. So in terms terms of the NCAA net ratings, these are actually games that can help BYU in terms of bolstering their opportunities in at, as an at-large team. So take care of business tonight. Who knows if Yoli Childs plays? I'm, I'm, I can't even get a read on it, so I don't know if he plays. If he does, that's a big-time addition for BYU. But if he doesn't, I think there's still plenty of talent with the Cougars, and I think they should be able to hold their own tonight, and we'll see how they do in this matchup with Pacific. All right, we'll catch up on some of the other news in terms of BYU sports. Two new offers in the 2021 recruiting class we need to run down as well before we do that though a reminder for you guys to make sure that when you subscribe to this podcast whichever podcast you're listening on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify the google play store i want to ask you guys once again to give us a favorable rating and review especially if you're listening on apple Podcasts. those five star reviews really help us get out in in terms of the uh, algorithms that apple uses it helps us find byu fans and byu fans find this podcast so when you guys give us those ratings and reviews and I have to thank multiple of you guys I think we've added a bunch in the last few weeks in terms of reviews and ratings on the podcast feed I want to thank you guys for doing that. But those of you who have not done it yet, it doesn't take that long to do it. Just tap the five-star review. Leave us a note what you think of the podcast. And I thank you guys in advance for doing that. All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Let's start off. The number two ranked men's volleyball program was in action last night at UC Irvine, and they reigned perfect on the year with a four-set victory over the Anteaters, winning that 25-17, 20-25, 25-19, 25-15. So a pretty dominant win for BYU men's volleyball. They take the day off today. They'll be back tomorrow taking on the Anteaters in the second game of that series. That'll be at 8 o'clock Mountain Time once again, and the match will be streamed on BigWest.tv. But 7-0. No, best season, best start to a season since 20, 2008 for BYU men's volleyball. It's fantastic to see. Other sports beginning action this weekend are include the men's and women's track and field teams. They're headed to New York City to the Doc, Dr. Sander Invitational. That starts today and runs through Saturday. Best of luck to the men's and women's track and field teams in action in that early matinee game today for BYU women's basketball. They're hosting San Francisco at the Marriott Center at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. The game will be televised on the B- on BYU TV and the BYU TV app if you want to watch that. So early matinee game, 11 a.m. out there at the Marriott Center. You can get tickets at BYU Cougars or BYUtickets.com. Alright, a couple other notes for you is I wanted to run down some of the recruits that BYU has got um, offers out to that came out yesterday. They announced it on social media. Let's start off with the preferred walk-on 
offer that's intriguing to me, and that is uh, that of Canon Panfilov, excuse me, Canon Panfilov from Roy High School here in the state of Utah. An interesting athlete, six foot six, two hundred and thirty pound athlete, played a lot of defensive line slash tight end for Roy during his high school career. He's got the requisite size for a D one athlete, six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds. So just in terms of a frame, you look at it and say, okay, this kid could be something. He's got a preferred walk on offer from BYU. We'll see if he ultimately accepts it, but he's part of the 2020 class and will be interesting to see what he does. He's got quite the head of hair. He's got some long hair. He might have to cut if he ends up playing for BYU, but I think Cannon's got some interesting attributes to him, and we'll see if BYU can ultimately land his signature coming up here around signing day as they head in to getting ready for the 2020 season. Now, the 2021 class obviously starting to take shape a little bit here. Two offers went out last night. We'll start off Saya Mapa Kaitolo from Bishop Alamany High School in Mission Hills, California. Previously played for Mesa High School in Arizona. A good-sized athlete, six foot five, two hundred seventy-five pound offensive lineman could add to what is already a pretty stacked roster of BYU offensive linemen. So, uh, Saya, I watched some of his film. Very quick feet. Uh, very strong, as you would expect. Most Polynesian athletes are very strong at the high school level, and I'm interested to see uh, how things go with him. I'm expecting his recruitment will pick up over the coming days and weeks. Playing in California versus playing at Mesa, how much will that, in terms of attention, get garner him? Who knows, but what I saw in terms of the clips I watched, I really liked. He's a junior, so he's part of the 2021 class. He's got one more season in high school, and of course, he has that spring evaluation period coming up this spring, and we'll see if uh, BYU's offer holds holds up with some of the other offers that are probably going to come in for a kid like this. The other offer that went out is Enoka Migao. He is a defensive end slash defensive line prospect from the class of 2021. Plays for Chaparral High School in Temecula, California. Six foot five, 230 pounds. And watching some of his film, we're talking a pass rusher with great length. And I know BYU has been just berated by fans, myself, multiple people about their inability to get to the quarterback and cause disruption. Well, I think they're trying to make a more concerted effort at recruiting difference makers when it comes to uh, guys who can really attack the edge. Inoka McGow is already on the the radar of some big programs. Oregon State's got an offer out to him. He's got interest from Oregon, if not an offer, already from the Oregon Ducks. So the Pac-12 is already looking at this young man, but it's cool to see BYU getting in the mix at least giving him an offer and making sure that that option of BYU is there for him. It's interesting to see, but I like what I see from both of these players on film. I'm going to watch some more over the weekend, etc., and hopefully have more on it. Maybe we can catch up with them and talk about the offers from BYU, but wanted to mention both of those before we wrapped up today's podcast. Enjoy the BYU basketball game tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of that and also previewing the San Francisco showdown for BYU on Saturday afternoon. Got a lot to get to like normal each and every day when we talk BYU sports here on the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. A reminder for you once again, follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LockedOnCougars. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. And also, if you ever want to drop the show a note via email, drop us a note, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, enjoy whatever's left of your Thursday, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been Locked On Cougars for January 23rd, 2020.